Hello and welcome to Sean White's Solar and Energy Storage Podcast. Today we're going to take an unbiased look at common energy storage system components for residential size projects. This will just be a brief overview and we're going to compare and contrast. And one thing that we're not going to do is pick a winner because in this podcast, everyone's a winner. And this podcast is just part one in a series of podcasts on this topic. So the brands that we're going to cover today are SolarEdge, LG Chem, Enphase, and Tesla. If you want to find out more about Sean White or his classes, his books, consulting, or this podcast, go to solarshawn.com. That's solarsean.com. The first brand that we're going to look at is the Solar Edge Store Edge. And this is a DC coupled system. So that means that if you're going to charge your battery, you don't have to go to AC back to DC. There's different benefits and drawbacks for that. And we're going to do a podcast all on that coming up in the future. And like I said, we're not picking winners. So one of the reasons why the SolarEdge StoreEdge solution is so popular is because SolarEdge is so popular because rapid shutdown is so popular. So people need to have module level rapid shutdown. A lot of them are using the SolarEdge system and they want to be able to shut down every module on the roof to comply with rapid shutdown. And it's kind of easy if you're already using a SolarEdge system to just get the one that takes the battery so you can add a battery onto it. People are already familiar installing SolarEdge systems, and then they go get a battery. At this point in time, they're using the LG Chem battery exclusively. It used to work with the Tesla Powerwall 1, but the Tesla Powerwall that's available now is an AC coupled energy storage system. That means you plug in the Tesla Powerwall on the AC side. Some people call this a high voltage battery solution, and the lower voltage battery solution is usually something that works at around 48 volts. This battery solution works at a higher voltage, the LG Chem. We're going to study that a little bit more on its own. There's a couple of different ways to do the SolarEdge system. The first one is with the inverter and the backup unit that's attached to the inverter and an auto transformer. And another way of doing it is with an inverter and a backup interface which pretty much includes the auto transformer. The battery and the PV plug into the inverter. You can also plug in an EV charger to the inverter, and then it's connected to the backup interface, which can kind of act like an automatic transfer switch, an anti-islanding device. That means it automatically can disconnect from the grid, and then it can control your loads that are backed up. We're gonna see this as a common theme too, to have these anti-islanding devices also known as microgrid interconnection devices. And some people might want to just consider them automatic transfer switches that do anti-islanding. And it's kind of neat that you have an EV charger there. So let's say that you have a small service. So you have 100 amps coming from the utility. That's called a 100 amp service. And you want to charge your EV extra fast because you have an emergency and you need to drive a long distance to go pick up a whole bunch of power optimizers or whatever your emergency is. You need to charge that electric vehicle quick and you only have a 100 amp service so you can take the power from your PV, the power from your batteries and add that to the electricity that you can have from the grid to charge a little bit faster. You can also connect to this SolarEdge StoreEdge backup interface a generator. So that's kind of a neat thing to be able to throw in there. So if your power goes out when your battery's dead or you just have a bunch of cloudy days, you have a generator to back you up. So if we look at the bottom of this energy hub inverter that goes with this system, it has an input for DC PV, DC battery, and then it has an EV charger input, then your AC input. 
once you get to that backup interface, that's where it's going to take the AC and determine if it goes to the grid or your backed up loads. And then it has an auto transformer there too. So once again, the SolarEdge Store Edge battery system works with the LG Chem battery right now. But LG Chem did buy another big battery company. So expect there to be changes on that realm. So let's take a little bit of a closer look at the LG Chem battery. They call that the LG Chem RESU. And RESU stands for Residential Energy Storage Unit. The typical one that we're looking at right now is about three feet tall, a little bit less than three feet wide, and about eight inches thick. It's a little bit heavy because it's 214 pounds. According to a benchmark mineral intelligence report, we can see that LG Chem is the largest lithium ion battery producer by capacity. And this is mostly not for energy storage systems. A lot of this is for the electric vehicles. And just remember that as electric vehicles are getting produced like crazy, it causes mass production, which brings prices down. The next of the top producers by capacity, according to Benchmark Mineral Intelligence, is cattle. That's C-A-T-L. Tesla's doing a deal with them in China. Then after cattle, another Chinese company, BYD, stands for Build Your Dreams. And then after BYD is Panasonic, and then comes Tesla. And Panasonic and Tesla work together too. By the way, BYD also makes a high-voltage battery. If we looked at the largest factories in the world, which is very subject to change, we start off with Tesla in the United States. That's over in Reno. Then we have an LG Chem factory in Nanjing. Then we have number three and four is two different cattle companies. That's C-A-T-L, and those are in different places in China. And then the fifth largest is another LG Chem in Poland. LG Chem is working with General Motors. And now we're looking at a lot of these residential sized batteries being around 10 kilowatt hours. Kilowatt hours, that's the energy that it could put out. The LG Chem battery has 400 volts in its range. That's the DC voltage there. So we're looking at different numbers where it can go down as low as 350 volts and as high as 520 volts. And then we're looking at the power of that battery being five kilowatts. However, we can get up to seven kilowatts for some surges for up to 10 seconds. Nice thing about having that higher voltage, it works well with our PV systems and we get to use smaller wires. So if we looked at a string of PV and then this voltage for this battery, since we have similar voltages there, it just works well together for that DC coupling. We can see the LG Chem Residential Energy Storage Unit on the internet for somewhere in the neighborhood of $500 per kilowatt hour. That would mean the 10 kilowatt hour battery or 9.8 kilowatt hour battery is somewhere around $5,000. I've heard of some hobbyists going and buying lithium ion battery cells on the internet for $100 a kilowatt hour and then soldering them together and installing an energy storage system that way. That's not the legal way of doing things. Could be a fire hazard, but it happens. Just check out YouTube. And if we read some different articles, here's an article from Reuters, speaking of battery prices, and we can see that the cattle, that's the CATL battery that Tesla's gonna start using in China, doesn't have cobalt in it. Cobalt is something that people try to avoid because it's hard to get out of the ground and a lot of it's done with child labor in the Congo. So the lithium iron phosphate, which is not as energy dense, we're seeing some of these battery cells getting down to $60 a kilowatt hour if you're buying them in bulk, like you own a car company. So those are for the cells. And they say that if we get the battery packs at $100 a kilowatt hour, that's the beginning of the end for the internal combustion engine industry. Okay, let's look at our next residential size battery and we're going to talk about in phase so the number one way to install solar on a house in the united states is with solar edge so we started with that number two is in phase 
in-phase is microinverter, that's one inverter per PV module. So in-phase has an AC battery. And so in-phase, they like to start everything with the letters EN. So in-phase, engage, enlighten, and we're gonna call this battery the in-charge. And this battery is 10 kilowatt hours, weighs about 100 pounds, and it can communicate with the in-power smart switch. So that in-power smart switch is an anti-islanding device so you can be your own island of power and disconnect from the grid with your special IQ inverters that work with the in-charge and the backup system. You can potentially use a generator with this in-power smart switch, and it does automatic transfer, anti-islanding, all that good stuff that we're going to see as a theme throughout this podcast for a lot of these systems. So that in-phase battery was an AC-coupled system, just like the Tesla Powerwall that you buy these days. That's called the Powerwall 2, which we are going to talk about now, the Powerwall 2 by Tesla. And the Powerwall 2 also would be used with a backup gateway. That's your anti-islanding device, also known in the National Electrical Code as a microgrid interconnect device. It pretty much disconnects you from the grid and lets you power your whole home, or you can set it up to just power backed up loads, depending on how you wire the system. So it's kind of neat. This battery has an inverter built into it. So in a way, you hook it up like an interactive inverter on a PV system. It's an interactive inverter. It's a standalone inverter. It does everything, but you don't need two separate outputs like you do with a lot of these legacy systems where you have one output that goes to the grid that does anti-islanding and a different output that goes to your backed up loads. That could be done with the backup gateway. And then you can put that backup gateway in a different place. If you put the backup gateway between your sub panel with your backed up loads and your main panel, that's how to have backed up loads. But that backup gateway is also made to be put between the main panel and the utility meter for whole house backup. A lot of people don't like whole house backup because your batteries go dead quick. Even people that are the top experts that have tried whole house backup, I always find that when the power goes out, they kill their batteries, however smart they are. And when I say kill their batteries, I don't mean permanently. I mean the batteries go dead and then they rise from the dead. You know, like Easter. So they say that you can put up to 10 power walls on your house. I'm waiting for the day where you could just go buy a car, which might cost the same price as 10 power walls. And then besides being able to power your house, you can go to the store or you can even go charge in an electric charging station and bring that electricity home. By the way, I did read an article where somebody took apart a Tesla, reverse engineered it, and figured out that it's all set up to export power to the grid. All they need to do is a software update. And that's it for this podcast, which is part one of common energy storage system components for residential size projects. Thanks for listening to Sean White's Solar and Energy Storage Podcast. This time we covered SolarEdge, LG, Enphase, and Tesla. Coming up in the future, we're going to cover other brands such as Generac, Pica, Sonin, Solus, SolArc, Fortress, Kilovolt, Trojan, Rolls, Sunverge, Schneider, Simplify, SMA, BYD, and Victron. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. And to learn more about Sean White, solar classes, and all kinds of stuff, go to solarsean.com. Over and out.